Sharing the testimony is powerful. I can very much relate to it. You know, a lot of the times when uh, those who are from a Hindu background come to know, share, the, uh, share about Christ, it's hard to connect because of up, bringing up in a different culture. But you don't understand when you become a Christian how iso- the isolation you face, especially because of the, uh, you know, family, uh, radical family that some of us come from. Um, so thanks for sharing that. How many of you know how the Mother's Day started? Uh, we celebrate it every year. Yeah? How did it start? More than fathers. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There was a lady called Anna M. Jarvis, who's 1864. In 1914, she, she said, you know, there should be a day to honor her mother, you know, to every mother. So that's how it started. And then the president, uh, Woodrow Wilson of the United States, made sure that the second Sunday of every May, we will uh, use the uh, day to remember all the mothers. You know, mothers play a very important role. Yesterday I was in a supermarket uh, in, in Northcote, and I see this mom with two boys. I mean, one was maybe two, and other must be three or something. And the young one is going nuts. He's pulling stuff and all that. Mother is calm and collected, just keep walking. And she's collecting, she just collected like six bottles of milk and she's collecting as soon as she can, uh, you know. And this older guy is trying to help mom so that this guy doesn't pull things from the freezer, fridge. And I said, oh, man, he's doing a, such a good job. And I was freaking out. I was at the behind. I was thinking, man, hope he doesn't pull stuff on himself or, or destroy, you know. Um, but that's how she was. She was just collected because she had seen it all. I saw the, heard this story about a mother. She was in a supermarket. And her, uh, her, you know, uh, two-year-old daughter was really, you know, she lost it. She was just crying and screaming the whole time. Uh, and the mother, mother says, Alan, it's going to be okay. We're going to be finishing. Uh, uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be done soon. Alan, just uh, be calm. Be relaxed, Alan. Uh, look, another couple of more things, and uh, you know we'll be done. Uh, I got two more things, and we'll be done. And keep on walking. Uh, as she was keep on walking, uh, uh, there was a staff there, supermarket staff, who was watching all this. And she approached the mom and said, "You are so good to Alan. I mean, your, your patience is commendable. You know." And the uh, the mother looks at. The staff and says, I am Alan. <laughs> Did you get it? She was not talking to the child. She said, I am Alan. I'm telling myself that I will get over it. You see, mothers are like that, isn't it? Somebody said, Carl Jung said this. He said, whenever God wants to do something great, he looks for a great man. 
But he wa- when he wants to do something exceptionally great, he looks for a woman. And it's so true. If throughout the scripture, you know, we, we, we see, I mean, last week, uh, two weeks ago, I was speaking about Moses uh, and mother of Moses, you know, as these guys shared. You know, amazing woman. She didn't have all the knowledge. We, we can stipulate this happened or that happened. She heard the whole oracle of God spoken to her. No, she didn't. She, she had this nudge that this kid was special. You see, sometimes God speaks something very, very small in our lives. But, and sometimes we can uh, ignore it completely. Not knowing that simple obedience will transform a nation. That's what she did. And if you look at um, other great, uh, you know, uh, ladies, you see the King David, his lineage. You know, Ruth was the person. Who was Ruth? Not only part of a covenant. She was a Moabite, just tagged along with Naomi. You see, sometimes you see people doing the right thing because that's, they know that's the right thing to do. But the implication of those right things, it could be great. You know, she, because she was connected with the covenant people, she knew that her mother-in-law, where she came from, she went back to Judah with her. And she became a lineage of Christ. You know, great woman. You know, so woman, I mean, the world won't exist if there is no woman. Yeah, so we sometimes in Christendom even, it's sad to see that when we, even though scripture continuously says the equality, we have this tendency to say men are superior in preaching the word or, or should be doing it. Yes, there is, a, there is a order, but the order is not to diminish one person below the other. You understand? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are all God. God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God, God the Son. Yeah? But when it comes to Father God was in the forefront in the Old Testament. Yeah? Then Jesus come in the forefront in the New Testament. And now the Holy Spirit is among us. You understand? They are all equal. Yes? And then we look at, uh, then we look at Esther. Look at, look at this lady, yeah, in the Jewish, one Jewish girl, married to a Persian pagan, and because of her faith, risked her life to save a nation. Jewish nation would have not existed. Imagine what would have, have you ever thought, we read the Bible and we, we go through this thing, but have you ever thought sometimes what Esther said no What would have been the consequences? We say it all, oh, God could have done this and God could have done that. You know, a lot of the time we don't ask hard questions because we, we like to wrap them up with some Christianese words around things. We've got to learn to ask tough questions ourselves. God, why? Otherwise, you will never have a solid thing. Otherwise, when an atheist or some other person comes and asks you a question, you will crumble. You've got to ask yourself, what would have happened? Amazing that Mordecai's life was saved. 
the whole Jewish people were saved because she didn't care about her life itself. The whole gospel begins with the Jewish girl. You know? He didn't see to the 10 group of uh, committee member of men to say Jesus is coming. The God approached Mary. And her words are this. How can it be? I mean, I don't understand God how it's possible. Because it's never been done before. It was not like, oh, did you hear last time the virgin birth happened? Even this time, if somebody comes to you, hey, I was... Sorry, I know there is a bump, but it was supernatural. You would say, yeah, I know, tell me about it. You know what I mean? But there was no such conception that took place before this. It was a culture where a woman is stoned to death. In that culture. But she knew that she knew. And try to explain that to your father. Or your brothers or sisters or, or people around here that, that the angel approached me and the thing that is within me is not from Joseph or anybody. It's I have supernaturally conceived. There are times God will ask you to do things that not the church pastor or a member or anybody would understand. But would you obey God? That's the key. Because sometimes he will say things that doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to Mary. But she was somebody who, who just said, let it, to me, let it be to me according to thy word. Imagine living in that culture. God intervened. And the moment it happened, she didn't know how Joseph, because Joseph was thinking, I'm going to secretly divorce her. And just be away from all, all this. But God intervened. God intervened only after she accepted his word. We, we work the other way around. I'll do it. Speak to my wife. Speak to my mother-in-law, father-in-law, father, father's father. And all the church members. And then I will obey you. That's what we say. We want everybody to be in, in, in agreement with us for us to act upon God. And sometimes we don't want to do things because what the church will think, what people will think. But she also risked her life. But she had the honor of bringing the Savior of this world to the earth. So one of the things I want to highlight in this is great mothers will always experience great problems. You know, always. Something great. We live in a culture where we, we think, I'm, I'm reading a, actually I won't give you the title of the book. Uh, there is a reason why I don't want to give because, let me think about it, maybe next week. It shocks me when I, I read that book. I mean, I read a lot. I read a lot. Uh, and um, that book, no other book have shaken me that much to the core. We think as a Christianese, everything should be working on my favor. 
Everything should be good and nice and fluffy all the time. You know? Yesterday a guy called me crying, a 50-year-old man crying on the phone. And he said, Sean, would you please pray for my mother that God will take her because she just had a stroke and half side paralyzed. And today is Mother's Day, and he called me yesterday. And he says, why would it happen? Why won't God listen to my prayer? What I'm supposed to do? Romans 8, 28? What would I tell a friend of mine who, who lost his nephew last week? Beginning of last week. A doctor doing a Royal Melbourne, he's doing his final, he's doing his residential. Father and mothers are doctors in Tasmania, established their own clinic. Older sister is a doctor, qualified doctor. Goes to his house, kills himself. Mother flies from Tasmania, been flying from Tasmania every weekend so that she can be with her and cook food for him. And he had lost interest in life. How would you comfort her? And this guy came to me. They're not believers, eh, these people. He said to me, Sean, I wish she could have told me he's going through this. I wish this thing. And I said, I want to stop you right there. Do you think the mom didn't know what she was going through? Do you think she has not done everything that is possible? I have a request with you. Make sure you and your relatives don't blame that mother. They had, they couldn't keep the body for long because it was disintegrating there in front of them. But I said to her, only thing you can do is just stand with her. And said, we do not understand why it happened. What else we could have done? There are things in life we would happen. It's not immune. We are not just, they are not believers. They don't know anything. But it happens to Christians. Do you know Rick Warren, one of the well-known pastors, 50,000 people in the church, doing amazing work all over the world. He lost his son a couple of years ago. In 2017, I believe, he committed suicide because he suffered depression. There are things happen. Imagine what the mother is going through those situations. But mother stays. My, my subject is today is 1 Samuel where I see the story of Hannah. You know, it says that there was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zaf, in the hill country of Ephraim. What he talks talk about here is they had two. They were two. She, he, he got two wives, you know. This is so real. It's, it's so relevant even today. It was Hannah and Phineas. And, and, and it says that Phineas had a... Uh, because in those cultures, 
when you didn't have children it was considered that something was wrong with you you know if you can read from psalm 127:3 and uh, verse 3 and verse 5 somebody can read it so i will show you the the tone of it Yeah, this, so that's verse number five you read. They shall speak with them. Yeah. So on those days, what happened was the kids were considered like more kids you had, more prosperous you were. You see that that was a sign. And here we see that Hannah, who has been married and everything, what is she going through is one of the most toughest things. she was without child and when she was really upset one day and and her husband says to her am i not like many children to you i'm 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 i was thinking she would have slapped him there and then but she was more gracious you know we we have a ability as a man to say some real dumb things at at very inappropriate times and that this was one of those cases you know a child is so important but what did hannah do what did hannah do she went she said she she went and the thing is here you have to think hannah is going through each and every day of her life he says so he says that um, so when they went to the temple and there was a food presented there sacrifice uh elkana he would give portions of meat to to penea and each of her children although he loved hana he would give her only one choice portion because the lord give, uh, had given her no children so penea would taunt hana make fun of her because the lord had kept her from having children year after year i was it was the same penia would taunt hana as they went to the tabernacle each time hana would be reduced to tears and would not even eat this is this, imagine somebody going through day after day this thing you know every year every day going through at home this challenge but then it says that she had it enough one day and she went to the lord even eli you know questioned him questioned her and because she was praying in her under her breath she was praying under her breath crying out she had a major problem big problem that god how how come i am so barren and eli said to her hey why why you're drunk so many she said i'm not drunk i am of heavy heart going through this and the bible says that she went out from there with peace burden was lifted one of the key things i mean i was reading about um, uh this uh, recently this woman uh, 
the guy's name is son's name is dr christopher yon okay now dr christopher was born to a dentist father and a mother and he was rebellious he went into drugs and he he lived a gay lifestyle mother comes to know jesus and counters jesus is in states you can look at it in youtube and hear the te- testimony very very powerful testimony and this guy mother comes to know uh, have an encounter with christ and she goes to uh, and as a result husband their marriage was falling apart and now husband becomes a believer what they do is they go to their son and to say uh, share the gospel and everything and he gave her uh, the bible he said this is what i want to leave it with you because he moved away from them to another city he took the bible threw it in the rubbish and they had no connection meanwhile he was living a wild life he became a drug supplier for all the gay community and he he was at some uh, he was caught it's also in the news in us news that he was caught with the 9 million dollars worth drugs with him and he was prisoned his mom during this season seven years his mom prayed every monday morning she fasted and prayed for seven years and in the prison he encounters christ in the prison he says he he knew that god was real and he said i want to study the theology goes outside the moment he says as soon as the prison is over i want to be in a and the parents send him all the application he got reference from inmates and the prison chaplain and by surprise i think in dallas or uh, or uh, moody theology one of the seminaries he got he finished his doctorate in theology so you know how quickly we give up hope on do you know what great faith is what is a great faith who did jesus acknowledge with great faith two people phoenician woman and the centurion what is great faith ha ellaru vanna believers alle ha is the great faith the size of the faith is it the amount of faith how many of you think it's a amount of faith is nothing to do with amount of faith ellaru mari oh great faith great faith is not about amount of faith it is the perseverance of faith it is the persistence of faith why because you need only a faith of a mustard seed to move the mountain is nothing with the amount of faith it's the persistence of faith that's why he says i have not seen a great faith like this knowing so the persistence of faith is never giving up as long as the promise is there i'm going to stand my ground until i see the breakthrough amen and hana had that breakthrough she gave what did she say god give me a son and i will give it back to you and you know she had other sons as well and what did she do she looked after that son i won't go through the whole thing because i got a today we have a 
other food. So we'll finish quickly. Godly mothers always have, they prioritize things. They put their priorities right. When after she gave birth to Samuel, she didn't take, she didn't go to the temple for a couple of years. Why? Because she was weaning. What it mean was, was not just taking her physically, but spiritually nurturing him to be prepared. That's one of the greatest thing a mother can do. Do you know about Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson? Have you heard about it? You would see the books written like Gifted Hand, all that. She was a single mom. I feel for the single mom. It was so tough to bring up a child, you know, to be a single mom. And I have a, such a great respect for people. We judge all these uh, mothers, but imagine how tough it is. It's, it's tough with a husband and wife doing it. Imagine a woman completely committing just to doing that. And Ben Carson's mom was just a house cleaner. And they, she had two boys, Ben Carson and his brother. And she made sure, one, they remain in the church, another to study. And she worked in a person's house where they had a lot of book collections. And they, she made them to read two books a week and write a summary of it and give it to her. Now you have to remember, until the age of 15, they didn't realize their mom cannot read. We think that we need all one, two, three things, learned everything about the parenthood to be a great parent. If you are a praying mother, that's the greatest thing you can do. What you provide spiritually is the most important investment in your child's life, more than anything else. And she did that. And he went on to become the world-famous neurosurgeon. And still is. Yeah? So we see here, Paul says to Timothy, commending his mother and grandmother who nurtured them in his spiritual walk with him. You know, we all have spiritual parents. You know, I have my teacher, ex-teacher, who hopefully I will see next time on our travel. You know, who nurtured me in my walk with God. If she was not there, if she was not nudged me, I would have never come to know Christ. And be where I am today. So praying mom, they know the priority when things are not going Right, they know the priority is to go into their knees and to pray for their kids, pray for the situation. You know, I heard another story about Dr. Ravi Zakharian. You all know Dr. Ravi Zakharian? If you not, do not know, please, any Christian, every Christian should know who he is. Dr. Ravi, he was, tells his story about his mom that when they were in Delhi, still living in India, the brother all got very, very sick, and the doctors gave up on him. And doctors said, invite your relatives and say to, to say final goodbye to your brother, because we don't think he will live long. And Ravi said he and dad went, 
and others went and said goodbye to him and it was our farewell to him. He said, but my mother was beside his bed and prayed. So that is persistence. Doctors can't say, doctors have the facts, but we have the truth. And truth changes the facts. You understand? That's why Abraham said he knew the fact that his body was dead. But in spite of that, he believed God. That is persistence. And his brother lived. Because where everybody gave up, God came through. Because she was persistent in her faith. We need to have priorities. Mothers always have great priorities. That is one of the key main priorities is to make sure our kids are nurtured well. They are put into a right place. You know, and also never show them what life challenges are. We should not keep it immune system. You know, we should not introduce them to a, a fairy tale Jesus. Fairy tale Jesus, you know what fairy tale Jesus? Oh, believe in God, everything will come. Believe in this, you will come. That's not Jesus. He says, if you wish to follow me, you should deny yourself and take what? Lamborghini? No. Yeah. Take up your cross. A cross was not something somebody get excited in Roman times. They didn't care, oh, wow. And a cross was not something you ha hung on your neck. A cross was something that a commitment you had that I will in this life will have challenge. There are problems going to happen. There are things that will happen in our lives that doesn't make sense. We are Christians. We, we live in between what is revealed and the mystery. There are times that we will never have answers for certain things. There are times when I think about it, God, that when I prayed for my dad for the tumor, you got healed him. But when it comes to prostate cancer, you didn't. Do I have answers for why not? I don't. But I hang on to the one thing that he is good God. He's an amazing God. He's a father. I do not know. And I don't need to know everything to have a relationship with him. Because if you are thinking that everything has to have your way, then you don't need to have. God doesn't desire that kind of relationship. I will not have my own way all the time. The problem is when you go through, like for the last few weeks, I told you I'm going through some health issues. Do I understand everything? No. Do you think I understand the value of you know, health and the scripture and the declaration and the decrees and all those kind of things. Yes, I do. Do I stand on them every single day? Am I, do I understand why I'm going through this? I don't. Does it make any change to my relationship with Jesus? Absolutely not. Why? Because I died long time ago. I surrendered that life. Everything can fall apart, but he is still my God. 
you got to come to that place a lot of these mothers those who have gone and done some some more so much we can learn from them i last i think it's last year mothers time i spoke about all these great women who were born who started the pentecostal movement if you are in a traditional pentecostal you would have no pastor would have told you this pentecostal movement in the 19th century was started by ladies do you know in the mission field there are more ladies than men we had challenge of getting men to volunteer in 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 the thing ladies are there because they're very sensitive to the things of god let nobody put you down never allow anybody to put you down never draw your identity based on what you're happening to you the child or no child never draw value your value should come from christ and christ alone because all around me will fall apart nothing is secure but i need to be able to accept these things when things are going through the valley that god we know the stories about about all the apostles they were not you know had this fairy kind of lifestyle they all were killed for the sake of the gospel but they remain faithful because they remain faithful we sit here because the gospel didn't die with them each one of us carry something very precious ladies i want to tell you that i had as i was speaking to a lady from uh, chennai pastor okedas introduced me one day and said would you please pray for her and i was praying for her and i see i see you in the front and as you are washing dishes you are doing the intercession prayer i said do not give that up very powerful that is and she became very emotional because she never thought that it was mounting anything because we think the prayer is something that we exclude and in the front of people we have it has to be seen or or i need to see immediate result that's not prayer prayer is your communion continuous communion like hana year after year showing up into the temple and believing that god is a god of breakthrough if you're praying for your children i don't care what doctors have said i do not care any other person have said no uh, i don't care what negative prophetic word somebody have spoken you rely on this word no other word and if you stand on this word and say i want god in this word you say i want to see a breakthrough god if i am not going through give me the grace to go through it god you may not take it god transform me other day i just uh, two days ago i pray i i was just writing these things words it must say that i will rise from the ashes for you are with me in my pain in my sorrow you are beside me through the calm through the storm you are my god oh god make all that you want me to be so that i could be in some way some form in your service that's what i want god i may not understand everything and sometimes it may hard for me to bear because it's not easy when you're going through the pain you are not able to breathe 
and you're just, you're frustrated, there are certain things you can't do, but ability to go and, and kneel down and say, God, I surrender, I don't understand, but I surrender, I know you are my God. Amen. That's what he desires. We don't want to be a Christian, those who are flaky. We want to be a Christian, those so grounded that when things are going dark, we will stand and remain. We would be like those three boys, those who said, hey, listen, king, you can burn us. Our God is able to save us in that furnace, but even if he doesn't, it's okay with us. We've got to come to that point. That is surrender. God, I studied this. I, I, I did this in my career. I studied all this life, Father. My desire always been to practice what I studied. But God, even if that is not the case, whatever you give me, I will take it, God. God, I prayed and skilled in this job, Father. I studied. I'm so good with my, my skill set. My, my friends don't have it. The colleagues don't have it. Even in spite of that, everybody else is getting promotion. But God, it doesn't make sense to me, but I surrender. God, I, you said to my kids, we'd grow up to be this, but I don't feel I'm frustrated. It's not going the direction I want. But I, God, I surrender. That is the God we are called to. Like Mary, you're just coming to see God. It doesn't make sense to me, God. In this world, I have trouble. I, I want to be out of it. But God, let it to be to me according to thy word. Now that is surrender. I am learning it. Uh, don't please get it. Think that I have got it all together. No, I am not. I, I just go. I have one thing that I do is God. I, I just surrender. I just give it to you. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't, don't understand. There is so many things that run to your mind. But you have to continuously deny and surrender yourself. And I believe that we are we're gonna grow up to be a people, those who are not always looking a handout from him. Don't treat him as a as a supermarket person who's just giving all our demands all the time and not worship him when things are going pear shaped. We need to be a people, those who stand our ground, that nothing moves on our way. We will stand and we will worship him. You know, that song that uh, Say, he has no rival. He has no equal. We have to remember that. We have to remember that in our all circumstances. Hey, listen. You may stand in front of me, but I know that I know. He has no equal. He has no rival. He's always my God. Amen? Amen? Fantastic. So we're going to just quickly pray and wrap it up. So... We can.